welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And we are starting off our indie author celebration for the whole month of April. We are. We kind of dabbled in a little bit with last week's episode, but we are kicking it off full steam ahead tonight. So all of our authors featured in the month of April are truly indie authors. And um, all of our quick shots of romance throughout the entire month will be indie published books. And I think they're all by completely indie authors, like no small well, presses. Well, we went a little like, I I write about it where you couldn't write by like in another world with a small press. Like you could only publish personally. Like if you were hybrid at one point, you don't count. So we went a little bit stricter this time, not to count people out, but to try and get some new names out there. And to truly focus on those that are doing it all. Mm-hmm. So I am super excited about tonight's or today's guest because I've been slightly obsessed with her since last spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Just I'm a, a great bit. stalker. I keep telling everyone to read all her books. Um, so today's guest is author Molly McLean. Molly, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to hear what you're doing for April, too. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah we're we just excited. We went like we really narrowed our parameters because we don't think that people really understand that a lot of the authors that they're seeing, you know, in the top numbers and stuff like that are more hybrid authors. They have some small presses behind them um, that give them some footholds and some help with marketing and stuff like that, that the other indie authors don't have you know you are contracting for your own editor you're contracting for your own book covers you're buying your isbn numbers and stuff like that and we just we just thought we're going all in in april it's truly Mm -hmm. celebrating those that are doing it all so that's and i appreciate that you're doing that because it is a lot of work um it's can be very rewarding, but it can also be very frustrating at times. Um, but I love being indie. So yeah, I'm glad to see that you're celebrating us. <laughs> uh, and well, and Lee and I tend to read more indie authors than we have than we do traditional published authors. I actually have a huge love hate, hate, hate relationship with traditional <laughs> published just traditional publishing on its own and i work Mm -hmm. in publishing for traditional publisher um as i say that but but they drive me a little bonkers consumer versus like a employee yeah Yeah. sure anyway we're gonna move on from becky's little tirade there i'm gonna read molly's bio So Molly McLean is the author of sexy small town romance, lover of banana Laffy Taffy, which is really the only Laffy Taffy there should be 80s ballads, 90s rock and road trips. Um, That's the 80s ballad too. I like all of these things. (laughs) I'm yeah, an 80s child. I grew up in the 80s and that's, those are my impressionable years. So Give me those angsty 80s, 80s ballads and those early 90s, not too much of the late 90s because we're no. getting kind of into, you know, not really my thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You also like to write in your car a lot. I see lots of pictures oh. of you writing in your car. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have absolutely no, well, I can't say I don't know why. Um, I do know why. I, there's just something about the radio, having the music on and just, you know, ideally if the weather's nice, having the windows down a little bit, that fresh air, a fountain soda. I have to have a fountain diet Coke, preferably from McDonald's. Uh, or, <laughs> let's be real. There's nothing better than that. Um, yeah. And I'm just like super inspired. That is one of my favorite times to write. In fact, when my kids, all of them, when they were getting in their hours for their driver's license, that's what we did. It's like, okay, you can drive. I, I paid attention a little bit <laughs> to their driving for the most part. For the most part, it was like, okay, yeah, let's go for a ride and I'll write and you drive. That's awesome. Some good uses. I, I like this plan. I have one going for her learner's permit this summer that might, you know. May actually calm me down. <laughs> sure, it will. Well, you know. Um, okay, so let's get to know you a little bit more, Molly, before we get into all of your authory stuff. Um, okay. Are you a reader of romance? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, gosh, I can't even tell you when I started. I mean, obviously, when I was younger, I started out with like the the Nancy Drew type stuff, and I know when oh, I, I was love Nancy Drew. What was, what was that? I love Nancy Drew. Oh, I know. Me too. I think I, there was another girl that I went to school with between the two of us, there were like never any Nancy Drew books left in the library. We always mm -hmm. had them checked out and we would just like rotate. We would read them over and over again. Um, but I know when, and I can't remember the line of the, um, Harlequin line, but it was something for teens. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. I was trying to think of well, there was a Harlequin category that was like YA high school romances. Yeah. Yes. It was one of those. I remember the girl's, the heroine's name was Miranda. I do not remember what his name was. Something to do with her grandmother. It was like the very first like romance romance that I read probably when I was like 13, maybe mm -hmm. 12, 13. Um, and then I went right to the, the bodice rippers that my mom kept by her sewing kit <laughs> um so yeah just kind of you know the Fabio ones yeah. um went to those and um gosh probably so I had my first son when I was 21 and my husband was on the road working so um and I was just working part-time at that point a new mom and kind of needed something to keep myself busy and so I started reading more then also and that's when I got into like the Harlequin Blaze books mm -hmm. like the senior ones so oh, I love those like Harley Phillips and um Allison Kent I still like I think my favorite book ever is called Infatuation by Allison Kent has a forbidden trope which I think you we're probably going to talk about tropes in a little bit too <laughs> like my absolute favorite um but yeah, I absolutely love romance. I don't get to read as much now as I would like to, just because I do have a full-time job. I'm also trying to write. I have a family, so I'm kind of busy. But um, yeah, absolutely. I love pretty much any kind of romance. Yeah, I love those, cate those category romances of the early 2000s and the late 90s. Those were freaking spicy. And you're right. That is where Carly yeah. Phillips came out of. 
Um, and then went on to publish like her simple series and yep. all of that kind of stuff. And her uh, mm-hmm. Chandler Brothers, The Bachelor, that I think that was like 2002. Was that one? Was I, that one? I don't remember years necessarily, but um, I always feel like, so I was starting to, I wasn't starting to write because I've, I've written since I was like in junior high, but really starting to get a little bit, little bit more serious then. And I feel like I kind of knew Carly before Car- like Carly became really big because we were like in a little authors group together. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Like it's like not even anything like big deal at all, but I still tease her about that every now and then. I'm like, do you remember me? I used to ask you all these stupid questions. She does. <laughs> I love that. That's okay. I still claim like certain authors is mine that just because I introduced like Leah to them and made her read their books. I'm like, that's okay. Like half the authors we interview, I'm like, I'm friends with them now. Like they might not be friends with me, but I am friends with them. Right. I know. In fact, my, um, so I think I'm friends with Colleen Hoover on Facebook. I think I'm pretty sure I am. And my son's fiance my future daughter-in-law was just reading it ends with us and she was sending random like pictures of herself facial expressions as she was reading it and I was like you know I know her (laughs) I don't (laughs) we're Facebook friends yeah um I went to my local library today which you know it's always trouble when I go to my did you corner the old ladies today I did not corner any old ladies today, but I did go up to the library and I'm like, and my child, my girl child is with me who is 16 and a half. And she constantly tells everybody, my mom's an influencer. I'm like, I'm not. I think that word is the dumbest word in the world. I hate it. But I'm at the local library and I go up to the librarians at the resource desk and I'm like, hey, listen, I'd like to film some TikToks and I'd like to ask you some questions. If you could be a part of them, I do not have to show your face. And they're like why and I'm like well see I have and I was like you know maybe you know they're like okay well what kind of authors I'm like well romance like I have worked for Avery Flynn and you know my friend and I'm like listing off people that are on their shelves like I know Katie Robert like we are friends (laughs) and they're like sure you are I'm like no legit I even know like non-pen name names but it's fine you were name dropping like crazy I was and my girl child was laughing at me and these women did not believe me they were just like whatever sure you have all this stuff and I'm like here let me pull up my my YouTube channel and show you (laughs) right let me show you that Zio Axelrod and I hung out not once not twice but we like talk almost every day but it's fine (laughs) it's fine Anyway, so I get it. I get your Colleen Hoover moment because these are my friends. <laughs> totally fabricated, but whatever. Right. My daughter know that. <laughs> I've talked like to that him, book like... where there's like the one-sided feelings. Like, does does she really like me, or does he really like me, or is it only one-sided? That's Becky's life. It's kind of my life. Um, so what it is it what is it about romance stories that draws you in as a consumer of them or even want to tell them? What do you love about romance? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I think that I started I started writing it probably because, well, 
you know, I was a young angsty teenager and, you know, just had all these feelings and, you know, lots of, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what the right word is, but <laughs> desires, I don't know. I don't know. I sometimes for or you know that I felt for other people and whatever and so I turned to just writing it and um I don't know I just it just kind of just became a thing now I just it's it's my happy place now um you know I mean I don't need to tell you that the world can be a pretty crappy place but um it's kind of an escape and um I live in a super small town I've always lived in small towns so um you know there's there's not a whole lot going on here sometimes and so it's nice to get away by reading or writing and you know just to live vicariously through my characters I guess yeah um I see that though I mean because I live in a small town (laughs) not as small as mine though no Leah went she has like one stoplight (laughs) No, I don't have a stoplight. Oh, we, we have stop have, signs. Don't we don't have either. a stoplight. Oh I, I do <laughs> have stoplights. <laughs> and we have traffic, so, sort of. Yeah, I don't I don't have any of those. I Googled it once and I think we have sixteen hundred people like in my like town. It's very we have small. Thirty right now. And the okay. town that I grew even smaller it was like 300 but there's more people that live there now it's more of like a tourist molly wins wins for small town although that does explain some small town romances and we were gonna we're gonna get to that because i'm slightly obsessed with this small town romance (laughs) and we all know it it's fine but anyway so do you have a romantic trope that is your favorite yeah the forbidden i love the um anything that's off limits whether it's you know, like the wrong bed type of thing, or, you know, or just you like yeah, that you're not supposed to be with. There's some reason um, that is my absolute favorite. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, like brother's best friend or an age gap, or I don't care that, that none of that matters. As long as there's that element of off limits. Yeah. What we shouldn't be doing, but we are going to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially if you can do it for a while without getting caught but then you have to get caught yeah there's like that element of like i don't know i just love it when they get caught (laughs) i i like the impact that getting caught has on the stories because sometimes that can be more gut-wrenching more angsty than a breakup than a third act breakup like right it can um it can create enough you know conflict within the story that you don't even need a breakup because there's enough and just getting caught. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yep, I agree. So is there a trope you will likely never write? Um, so I really like, I love spicy, spicy books. I can read them and, and whatever, but I don't know that I actually have the capacity to do anything that's like, super super kinky like I do I don't really get into like BDSM or any of that kind of stuff like I don't have any interest in writing anything like that I will Um, suggest though that if you haven't read Praise yet by Sarah Kate you absolutely should read it because even but I didn't read it yet yeah because even though it's like sort of BDSM that story is so like for a sex club it's a slow burn Gotcha. 
but I like, I don't mind reading that. I just don't know that I have it in me to write Mm -hmm. it. it. I can see that. I think that it would take someone pretty I think it takes someone pretty special to write like the super sexy sexy books um we laugh Katie Robert has her uh sex Barbies she puts them in mm-hmm. different positions so that she oh. can she hasn't done one of those for a while she hasn't we, should t- done it. we should message Katie and be like we would like to see some sex Barbies but she puts them in <laughs> positions and then takes photos of them so that she can describe where everything is appropriately to make sure that all limbs are in the appropriate places and it makes sense. Now that you're mentioning this, I do feel like I've heard of this before, but I didn't know that she actually like shared it with other people. She does. <laughs> shared oh, yeah. it with the world. <laughs> <laughs> and it's delightful. I actually did see somebody, I don't remember who it was or where I saw it, but I saw like a whole scene played out in Lego. And I was like, it's Ooh. an Instagram, it's an Instagrammer, bookstagrammer. She takes, but they stop motion. Like, yes. Like she like redoes scenes. her favorite scenes from her romance reads in Legos. Maybe I should do have my boy child video something like that for me. Cause he's a big stop motion. Like, he loves oh his Lego God. stop motion. It's mostly, That's... she mostly does Legos. historicals. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. I'm like, it is. Anyway. We'll share that. We'll share that with you. Okay. Uh, we'll, I'll Please. find that and I'll share that. So um, for your writing process, are you a pantser or are you a planner? Or are you somewhere uh, in between? I would say I'm probably 75% pantser. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually will start out just kind of, you know, throwing whatever down. And then I get to a certain point where I have to plot the rest of it just mm-hmm. to make sure that it comes together. Um, I have tried to plot from the very beginning and it's basically a waste of my time because it does not matter how tight it is. I will stray. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> that's how it always ends up. I'll change something and just end up having to scrap the rest of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it's I, fun that way too, to just pants it and to, you know, just kind of see where things go sometimes. I mean, sometimes it does come around to bite me in the butt, but for the most part, it just makes it makes it more fun, I think. Well, it probably leaves your creativity a little more open. You might end up in places you wouldn't have necessarily ended up if you had tried to stick to a very strict guideline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and sometimes I do look back and I think, oh gosh, if I just planned that out a little bit better, I would have you know, had more time to add this in or do whatever, but... I don't, I mean, it's just, it's how it works for me. And so far it's, it's been okay. I mean, there's, you know, um, <laughs> I think, you, I don't know if you knew or not, or if you saw, but with we're made of moments, um, that was like 110,000 words. And I have like 35,000 still extra that I wrote so much more of it that I didn't need. <laughs> so that was kind of, I mean, that was like, a are whole those month bonus up. chapters? out there uh, or newsletter I shorts I sat I would... down to look at it to see if I could do that with it but maybe so you no. know about our because you brought up we're made a moment so I'm just going to take a moment to pitch the talk I'm about this surprised stop it <clears throat> um so we have this traveling book project so there's five mm-hmm. of us each of us picked a different book that really impacted us that for whatever reason this story calls to our heart And we're passing it around amongst the five of us. And when we're all said and done, we are going to um, 
auction them off for a literary charity that helps put books in classrooms. And I picked Were Made of Moments because... Make me Jess- cry again. <laughs> oh, don't cry. Don't, don't, don't cry. Jesse is everything. Like... He pines. I finally read it. So Becky has been telling me forever to read this. And I just haven't had time. For a year. Like I haven't had time to work it into my schedule because I grab it whole really badly. And so like it, it's just one in itself. And so I was like, I got time for that, but I finally read it. But Jesse pines and he pines so hard and I just adore him. And he's such a good dad. He's such a good good dad. And I have yeah. taken to, so in the book that I'm annotating, because we're annotating paperbacks, <laughs> I have taken to every time Jesse says something or he has a thought where he is pining, I drew little pine trees. And there are so <laughs> many pine trees in the book. But that story, but I also think what's amazing with that story is because that is the first book you published after quite a break. Right. So yep. I... I find that completely intriguing and amazing because you had written early, like what, 2015, 16, where your first books came out? Um, 2014, actually. Okay. So mm-hmm. 2014, you published your first books and you wrote for two or three years? Um, I pretty steadily, I wrote for about three years and then I kind of started to slow down. And then in 20, early 2018, um, I published Rush. Um, it's like a stranded novella. Um, and then I republished something later in 2018 that had been published in a Kindle world, but then that was it. So I hadn't published anything until 2020 or 2021. So, and I mean, and you're a mom and you work full time. So writing is your side hustle and your side gig and life gets busy. I mean, life gets mm-hmm. busy. And I just, I, as I heard about your story and about your journey as an author, and then to read were made a moments, I just, the emotions in it, it kind of, it kind of made sense. And it just, and it shined because it, it felt like a gift, like a gift to me, the reader, but a gift to you, the author also, that you got to go back to where you love to be and that your life yeah. had finally taken a course that allowed you to share your talents and your gift. And I felt like in that story, the journey of that story is about, you know, finding your space where you're supposed to be and that will bring you your happiness. You don't always have to search for it. You just have to be in the right place. Yeah. I I agree. And I think for me, that was, so let me back up again. I do this a lot. (laughs) Um, I, part of the reason why I stopped writing is I think I just got too much into my head and into thinking that, you know, certain things were expected of me and that I had to write a certain way for, you know, to be successful and to get people to, to want to read my books. And of course that killed my desire to even write anything at all. And it made it very hard to even get any words out whatsoever. But then with that book, I just kind of went with it and I wrote what I wanted to write and what I was feeling. And um, I had never, you know, it's it's minor, but I'd never written flashbacks before like that. You know, I had never um, 
written, you know, where there was a, kind of another love interest. I mean, it's not technically a love triangle, but, you know, yeah. um, I never written anything like that before. So that was different for me. But, you know, and I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking people don't like love triangles. They don't want to hear about that, you know, whatever. But I had to push all of that stuff aside and just write what I felt like was the story of my heart in a way. Because um, I've had the idea of Jesse and Hayden having this you know, sharing this child and there being this angst between them. I've had that, that plot idea for a very long time, but it didn't have, you know, all the, all the details, but I just was like, this is it. This is a story that I finally now have to have to write. And I kind of, like I said, I put all that other stuff aside and I will admit that I did fall back into that old icky kind of feeling for a little while with some of the stuff that I wrote last year. Um, but I'm trying to put all of that aside again, as I work on the second Coal Creek book. Well, for a few reasons, mostly just because I want to write, I want to continue to write stuff that is really authentically me, because obviously I feel like it worked out with We're Made Up Moments. Um, the response to that has been probably the best that I've had on any of my books. And it's also the one that I'm probably the most proud of. With, well, without a doubt that I'm the most proud of. Um, and so I, I really want to get back to that. And I also want to make sure that I continue the series the same way. I don't want to mm -hmm. disappoint readers. I don't want to disappoint myself. I know, and I know what I'm capable of now, I think. And, you know, I just, but even... I, I'm trying to hold myself to a higher standard now. Well, but you have to write the stories for you because as a reader, we can tell when an mm -hmm. author has put their heart in a story and when an author yeah. has just put words on a page. Yeah. We, we know. Yeah. And there's, there's a definite difference in like the flow of the story and the feeling of the story. And like, and it's, it's almost frustrating as a reader when we read an author that we're really excited to read and it feels like they half-assed their story just because they wanted to get it done. Mm -hmm. I'm very I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm guilty of that and I think the majority of us are there are we all put out some books at times that we're I, just not but we I don't do it too. feel like we I've do ever it read too. but I don't feel like I've I haven't read some of your older stuff but I've read all of your Mason Creek stuff and we finally did formative moments and I don't feel like but I read Bend which is your Vegas series mm -hmm. and that was great I loved that story he that was such a jackass he was such a jackass. Um, one of our listeners, Lindsay, I, yeah. I did love him. W Lindsay, we made her read Perfect. No, we don't um, make her read. Well, we don't make her read, but we did a quick shot on Perfect Secret, mm -hmm. which was your Mason Creek, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And she loved it. And she's like, why are you hiding this author from me? And I'm like... <laughs> whoa not she did kind of come at us for that not hiding <laughs> so then she went and read bend and mm -hmm. he was like that opening scene where he like pulls her over <laughs> for right. speeding so phenomenal and then um i haven't read perfect chance yet but you know we're made a moments all of those books i just i don't know i love them i love you aren't afraid in the characters that I've read, and I have Perfect Chance on my Kindle because that's your latest release. Mm -hmm. um, I I just don't feel like you're you your characters feel authentic. They feel like people 
I know or people in my life. These could be friends. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen the single dad that puts the effort in and, you know, is such the good dad. Um, And, you know, like in uh, Perfect Secret, the heroine who, you know, she got burned so bad. She doesn't trust a certain type of guy and then learns real quickly that, oh, wait, right. I can uh-huh. trust him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but these your characters are so authentic. So I don't ever feel in your stories that it's just words on a page. That you have put something. There is a piece of you in each of those stories. So either you're really good at hiding it or your editor is good at making sure it sounds right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I wish that I had all the time in the day to make every book as every author does make every book as perfect as it could possibly be. But there just, there does come that point where you just have to be like, okay, this is okay. Not everything has to be the greatest thing ever. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like, like I said, I feel like there were a couple, a couple stories in between um, we're made of moments. And now that I'm like, "Mm, you know, I could have did a little bit better, but for the most part, I mean, I do like everything I write. I do. I fall in love with every hero that I I write. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's okay. I'm it's- I'm happy to be back writing now, focusing on Coal Creek because I do feel like I am like completely consumed. Um, yeah, and if anybody is not a part of Molly's uh, reader group, you should totally go over there because she dropped something last week. Um, which was an inspo picture for um, oh, yeah. the Aiden. brother. What's the youngest Aiden brother? And, yeah. Oh, Jinx. Jinx. No, oh, Aiden is, oh, the young, oh, the youngest one? Yeah. Oh, right. The couple pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she didn't drop like, she didn't tell us anything. We do not have a blurb. We have inspo pictures for Jinx and his heroine, but she doesn't name her. But based on the picture, I'm pretty sure I freaking know who she is. She might buy store-bought pie crust. Oh my gosh! That's what I'm telling you, Leah. Like I but saw she's that shaking her I'm head. Gonna, no, I'm not going to say what I'm doing right now, so you can see. <laughs> but no, but listeners won't be able to. But okay, I hope. Okay, I, then <laughs> I, I hope that I am wrong. But I hope you're wrong too. I don't know. But I, this family, I, first of all, we're made a moment that Polish festival when the mother makes everybody wear the costume dress up, grown ass adults, but even like the little boy, like Jet, like he can't handle it either. And it's just so funny because they're like, when can we go change? And they're like, why is Aiden not here yet? Like they're so mad at him because he shows up like late and doesn't have to deal with it. So but just her, the mom I, like gets so like been out of shape too. And I just love her. There's a town very, very close to me that has a festival like that. And it's very much like that, which is where I got the inspiration for that. In fact, I've had a few people, few of my local friends that have read it and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally know where you got that from. That's, ex- you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much because I don't want people to figure out like, Mm-hmm. where I live you don't need to um, be stalked but... it's fine um <laughs> I did wonder if that festival was real though because it didn't seem something like I like I could like pull that out of like 
my neighborhood type yeah. of thing. But yeah. So funny. But no, I, I just love how the, their mom I mean, like got so bad pie. out of shape about the pie. Yeah, they don't actually, I don't believe that they have a pie contest that I'm aware of. That was, that's made up, but the festival. And the Polish prince. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, what's funny though, I just got to throw this out there. That book was not, so talk about pantsing. That book was not supposed to end like that, but oh, no. it, just, it wrote itself. That I love the way it ended. I thought it ended I, perfectly. Yeah. I, I liked it too. It was. I liked it off. too, because I also, because a lot of readers get upset with the third act breakup, but mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. really break up. Right. Jess is just like, you need to figure out where your head is at and where you mm-hmm. are at. And I love that about him too, because again, this is why I loved him so much. Well, because- but I but I think it's part of the thing where it's like you read a book and 95% of the time it is the male, like the hero doing the grand gesture, which that's mm-hmm. fine. It's okay. It doesn't <laughs> bug me. But every once in a while, like I love the fact that the heroine is the one who's like, I need to do something big to make this moment like perfect and to know like for that my hero to know like I am all in like I'm not turning back and I just I love the fact that she is the one that makes the grand gesture and she like recruits the whole family and like doesn't right. like so he has no clue right and she's like recruited everybody and you know I, I my first thought was that I needed it to be him just because like you said that's generally how it goes it needs to be the hero that is the one that has to you know, grovel and, you know, do all of that to try to get her back. But it, it wasn't natural by any means mm-hmm. for that story, because I couldn't, I couldn't all of a sudden change his character and have him do something awful yeah. that he would need to redeem himself for, because that just wasn't him at mm-hmm. all through the story. Oh, um, not at all. So it just, it needed to be her. See, and my husband is the tried and true stoic guy. Like he is the even keel. He is, you know, the calm I I refer to him as the voice of reason a lot like he's the Mm -hmm. one that is just when I'm emotional and chaotic and ridiculous he's the one that kind of just evens a set and Mm -hmm. that's how I saw Jesse too like he was going to have she was going to have to be the one that needed to get her head out of the butt because Jesse was just he was too sure and too calm about (laughs) things but yet he wasn't though I think moments where you could kind of see like a little bit of his vulnerability um but he just you know he didn't want to show that I felt I think he felt like he needed to be a certain kind of person and have you know be strong and whatever because he was a dad you know he he had taken on that role and but um, I think personally I think like Jesse's driving force is the fact that like he was just scared like mm -hmm. he was scared to to put put it out there and then wreck like the the calm that they had and like the the right. co-parent like situation they had and so like but it's also fear of failure with him because he didn't want to let down the family business either like he mm-hmm. kind of hid how far behind he was or how right. so like that was his personality that fear of failure you know like and you did see it when he's in his office and having his moments where he's kind of like yeah I, you know, overwhelmed in life. And mm-hmm. it's all those little moments. It is. Yep. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
So, was so let's it get back scary? to the, the publishing. <laughs> was it scary putting yourself out there and pushing that publish? Because you're doing this independently. You know, there's no fallback. There's no safeguard. Um, I mean, yes, you have a day job, but you did this on your own. You wrote this book. You wrote that first book and put it out there. Was it scary? Yeah, yeah it was scary. Um, I, so I... I, well, I didn't expect that I was going to indie publish. I really thought I was going to traditional publish. That had always been my goal. Like I said, you know, hanging out in those, those author groups and whatnot um, with Carly and things like that. That's, that was what I wanted. Um, But I had been working on the first book that I published was Can't Shake You. And I had worked on that for such a long time. And I was in um, a, a different author forum and they had, um, for three, I think it was three months out of the year, they would do like this mentorship where they would pair up a, um, unpublished author with a published author, and they would just go through and work with you on your manuscript. And, um, I had been working on can't shake you for so long. And when I shared it with my published author mentor, she was like, you're ready to publish this. Like you're overthinking things. You are just, you know, you're, you, there's no reason you shouldn't be publishing this. Um, I mean, no, it wasn't perfect by any means, but she's like, just do it, you know? And so I was a little bit nervous about that, but um, my like writing partner at the time was Zoe York. Do you know Zoe? Yeah. So we were like really, really close. So we've kind of strayed and kind of got done, gone off and done our own thing and, or are doing our own stuff now. But she was my my writing partner. She read like all my stuff. I read all of her stuff at the beginning. And she she had published right before, I think like maybe six months or so before me. And she's like, just do it, just do it. So I had her in my corner and she was like my biggest cheerleader. Um, and she really, you know, she had um, a, an established newsletter. And so she you know, she shared my new release with her newsletter. And I think for like my first release, I got up, up into like the top 8,000 on Amazon or something like that, which then was like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I had some other author friends were like, how the heck did you do that? I'm like, Zoe, Zoe, <laughs> I owe it all to her. Um, so yeah, I was terrified, but I had really, it was my, I was in my own way at that point. Um, and, you know, like I said, I had not, I didn't, didn't think I would indie publish, but now I can't imagine doing it any other way. Um, I like the control of being able to, you know, yes, sometimes it's overwhelming to have to do everything, but it's, yeah, I really like having that control. I can't even imagine sending my baby that I, you know, worked so so long on, so many months on, um, off to somebody else and then just have to sit there and wait for two years or whatever it may be until they publish it like yeah no no (laughs) yeah I don't think people that's one of the things that we've quickly learned within the community is a lot of readers don't realize that like the books you're reading right now that are coming out of traditional published were bought and written two and three years ago right and it's just publishing schedule and sometimes they get pushed back and um Mm -hmm. the nice piece about indie publish is you make your schedule for the good and the bad of it. Sometimes you, you know, you have to push back a release date because you aren't there yet to drop it. And I know as an author, that's, it's a, it's an incredible struggle for any author to have to push back Mm -hmm. a release date. You feel like you're letting people down as a reader. I'd rather have that as Mm -hmm. long as the author's Mm -hmm. being honest with us and saying, listen, 
life. I've got kids. I've got health or, you know, or, well, or just creatively, like, I'm not there. Or they say, I'm just not happy with my product and I want to mm-hmm. redo it. Like, I would much rather, I agree with Becky, like I would much rather have to wait three months for a book that I thought was coming out if the author lets me know, like, it's not where I want it to be. And so we get a quality mm-hmm. product at the end of the day. Because right. I mean, as a consumer, like, that's what I want. Like, I want a quality mm-hmm. product. Yeah. And I really think that's why, you know, cause I did bump the date. I think I changed the date twice for more than a memory mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, just wasn't, because I just feel like this, just like with We're Made of Moments, this book is just special in its own way. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to be able to give it that time and that energy. And I wanted to enjoy the process too, not yeah. just to be able to put a good book out there, but, you know, really, because you can tell, like you said before, mm-hmm. you can tell. And I yeah. want this book to be one of those that you can tell that I really put my heart into it. Well, and Cold Creek is such a special place. So you take all the time you need. <laughs> we'll still be here waiting. Because mm-hmm. these like, because Aiden's book is next. I don't know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I thought it was going to be the sister's book, because I think I'm most anxious for her book. No, like, I'm, I'm most, most anxious. anxious for Jinx's book, because he's mm-hmm. like this man child of chaos the birthday well, the I birthday games in we're made of moments were so like, phenomenal i know but that's the thing he's like this man child of chaos but like if he ever has a kid like that kid is gonna be like the, he's gonna be the best dad like honestly oh man i, I want to tell you dad what happens <laughs> don't tell us we need the books I'm just not don't tell us <laughs> I Although mean, Leah doesn't care if we spoil everything, I do. I don't I, mind I, a spoiler. Um, what is the hardest part? What if you could tell your readers, what is the hardest part of being an indie author for you? Hmm. I think because we get so involved with every part of it, every stage of it. Um, because we are doing all of our own marketing. I mean, uh, you know, writing all of our own marketing, like you said before, all of the contracting, getting, you know, your editors and your designers and, you know, people to do your teasers and proofing. I mean, all of that and your ads. And it's just, it's so much that I think that um, we're so invested in it that I try to not take things too personally if things don't go perfectly but when you're so invested in it and you're doing all of that on your own it's hard not to take things personally because you don't have anybody else really to blame when something goes wrong um so I just I guess I hope that like you know you were just saying you know if you need to take more time or authors need to take more time to get a book done that readers understand that we really are trying very hard to meet our deadlines and do all of these things and you know we're not just slacking off and watching Bridgerton although I did watch Bridgerton for the past two days um but you know we are really trying and it is it is a lot um so I think just that I mean we are very invested and sometimes you know I mean it's we're putting we're putting our all into it yeah so if yeah, that makes sense. But. It does. It does because I think that that's it's 
yes, you're putting a piece of art out into the work and out into the world, and now it's available for consumer. And some people might love it, and some people might hate it. But at the end of the day, we all have to remember there's a human being yeah. behind it that has put the work, the time, the investment into it. So just remember kindness. Right. You don't have to right. love everything. Our motto on the podcast is not every book is for everybody, but right. kindness is for everybody. So right. just remember kindness, people. That's, you know, there are um, millions and millions of books out there. So, yeah, you know, that's why, that's why there are so many. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you, when We're Made of Moments came out, it wasn't originally in Kindle Unlimited, Correct. You weren't in Kindle Unlimited when you went back was to publishing, fine. but mm -hmm. you made the choice to go into Kindle Unlimited with your books. And I think most mm -hmm. of your books are in Kindle Unlimited now. Yeah. Yep. They all are. Mm -hmm. So the choice of being a Kindle Unlimited author, you know, if anybody's on BookTok and we all know how I feel about BookTok and like, I have my feelings <laughs> about the toxicity, but and the majority of us anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we, as consumers over on BookTok, you hear some authors that hate everything about Kindle Unlimited and others that are like, mm -hmm. it's my bread and butter. It is, yeah. it is buying, you know, it is paying for the dorm room fees for my college kid yeah. or it paid for the braces. So for you, the choice of being a Kindle Unlimited author, what, you don't have to go into specifics, just that, like, what was your reasoning for doing it that way versus being a wide author? So, um, I had some really good success early on being a wide author where I, you know, I would say probably, you know, I was making like maybe 30% of my income was from Apple and probably, you know, 60% was from Amazon and then just a small amount for Kobo and BNN. But when I came back, I didn't have that Apple base whatsoever. I, I could not, you know, reinvigorate that whatsoever. So that just was really unfortunate. So the amount of money, even though I was doing well on Amazon, it just, I wasn't, I didn't have much flow at all from the other vendors. So, um, and part of that, part of the contributing thing too, is that I was also putting out the first Mason Creek book, Perfect Secret. And we had as authors, the, all the authors in that series had agreed to put everything into KU. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe this is a good time to try KU again. Cause I had been in KU for three months just did the three month um, trial way back when, and it, I didn't like that at all. Um, but I thought maybe this is a good time. I'm going to have this book coming out in the Mason Creek series that will be in KU. This will maybe catch some more KU readers that will, you know, look for my other books. And that's exactly what happened. I decided to go into KU in August of 2021. And the first Mason Creek book came out in September of 2021. And I have not regretted the decision since. Yeah, by far, I have. And I mean, I do, let me just preface I, I'm not a high earning <laughs> author whatsoever. But by far, I'm doing better in KU than I ever did in Apple before. So yeah. Yeah, it's an so interesting yeah, I mean, piece. It's an interesting piece to make that choice. Well, and since there are such authors that rail against KU, and they say it's like, evil basically yep. so like we were just asking like every author for this month because we're curious like mm -hmm. like people's feelings and why like they choose one or the other 
And I, I mean, honestly, it, it wasn't an easy decision by any means because I always did, I had done fairly well, you know, being wide before. And I mean, Apple was so good to me. They, you know, gave me so many promotional opportunities that, you know, early on, that was great. It's like, I was just so grateful for that opportunity. And when I was doing well, um, in Apple, you know, to hear other authors that were saying they weren't. And so it's like, I felt like I really had something kind of special going there. It was hard for me to pull away because there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe it'll come back. Maybe if I just do this, maybe if I just do target some ads, you know, for Apple, um, you know, or whatever. And I did try that and it just, it just mm -hmm. didn't take off. So it was, yeah, it was difficult. And you know, it's kind of a catch 22, you know, it's like, I felt like, you know, I was cutting off that and oh, man, I, when I sent out that newsletter, that first newsletter that said, ta-da, I'm, you know, going into KU, I had several readers who were not happy with me. Mm -hmm. They felt very, you know, much like I kind of betrayed them, but is, and that hurt. I mean, honestly, that was yeah. one of those things I personally, you know, that I felt bad about, but now I don't regret it because I do feel like I've found so many more readers and I am now with um, my releases, I, at least the ones that I do on my own that I'm not part of another series. Um, so like more than a memory, I am going to release it wide for one day, um, like so many authors are doing now. Mm -hmm. And then the KU after that, so that I can, you know, my Apple yeah. readers. That, that I, were have, able to Marie. I have two or three authors where they'll do like a week or two weeks wide and they, they switch to KU and it stays mm -hmm. in KU like from there on. Mm -hmm. Cause then like people who want the book, but don't use Kindle, like they have the opportunity to get it, but like, they like the KU aspect of it. So like they do both. Yeah. But I'm just going to try the one day for now, just because some of the, the authors that I, you know, closer with, that's kind of what's working for them right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so hopefully that'll work for me. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, and if it, then I can maybe, you know, play around with it and try something, um, try a longer, you know, pre-order period or not pre-order, but longer release period wide for future books. We'll, we'll see. Well, it's, that's a thing too. Like you being an indie author, like you have that control to kind mm -hmm. of play with what works best for you. And like, to see, like, if I do it this way, like, is it gonna, is it gonna be worthwhile or should I just focus on like this aspect of it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Very true. Well, the first time I tried KU, I didn't like it. I actually, mm -hmm. I'm a library person. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and we, and I talk about it all the time on the podcast for seven years, I didn't purchase a book, but I read a new book every day. I have an excellent mm -hmm. library system and, you know, they have Hoopla and everything mm -hmm. and Libby and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was in a situation in my life where purchasing books was a luxury and I didn't have that luxury. And, mm -hmm. um, so when I first got KU, I enrolled in the two months free and I'm like, oh, this is great. I can check out 10 books and it'll be wonderful. And I hated every moment of it because I was looking for the authors that I would have read in my library for books over there. And it's different. But right. I, so I canceled it. Like I canceled it right away. I told my husband, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Who's, who's even using this? It's dumb. <laughs> And then I, I think it was like summer of um, 2019, I had gotten my first job in publishing and uh, the editor I was working for at the time, she's like, Becky, why aren't you reading in KU? Like, you would like this author and this author and this author. And I'm like, 
I don't even know who that author is. She's like, because they're in KU. And I didn't understand it as a consumer. And so that's part of, too, what we're doing when we're asking authors, like, why Kindle Unlimited? It's to kind of mm -hmm. help, you know, the consumer of the readers to see, hey, look, well, this isn't necessarily someone you're going to walk up into your library and find on your shelves. This is another yeah. alternative. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not so bad. It just takes a little bit longer to find the right. pacing and to find it. But once you find like one author, then it's like 75,000 new books and authors. And it's kind of fantastic. Right. <laughs> it's like this, it's wonderful and terrible all at the same time. Because like you find an author who has like 15, like hundred books in their backlist, which that's a little extreme, but sometimes it feels like it. And then you're like, oh, it's KU. I can just go down that rabbit hole and never come out. And then it just uh, keeps happening. I was one of the first earlier last summer to get to the 20 checkouts. Oh, I was there in was the, some, there oh, were some hot people. There was some hatred towards <laughs> me and my 20. So for like four months I had the 20 option before it went wide for everybody to have 20 options on their Kindles mm -hmm. and there was some anger but it, I was never so happy because I was like oh look it's a seven book series I can download them all <laughs> it's, it's, it made me so happy Very nice. um so okay so right now out for you is perfect chance and it just came out yep. two two weeks ago I think two or three weeks um, from when this episode drops yep Yep. And that is part of the Mason Creek series. It's a multi-author series. It is. You, but the books can read standalone because I've read yes. like one or two here. And well, it's yep. like different authors like focus on different like family dynamics. Yes. But they kind that, of like coincide at the same time. Yep. Like I would say my series and my books are a little series within the Mason Creek series. Mm -hmm. My characters follow the... Um, McMurray brothers and then the third book will focus on their sister Tessa so yeah so you and I mean even you can even read all of mine um each of the books by themselves you don't have to read the others of course you know I mean assuming you're going to assume that you're going to get your happily ever after in each book so you know you know you're going to probably see your first couple together in your second book and mm -hmm. and whatnot um but yeah but you don't have to read all of them they can definitely be read by themselves but there is some interesting crossover um of characters in the other books and there are some small town characters um that pop up that are you know and they're not necessarily they don't have their own stories but you know like the, the jackson sisters the the gossips mm -hmm. the town gossips yeah. yes. you know those so are fun to for see. those types of characters because you all are published in independently like but mm -hmm. in this bigger series but did the the group of you sit down and be like we want this type of character and like basically write a backstory for them. So everybody's match up a little bit. Yeah. We have a massive spreadsheet that has tons of notes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think kind of what had happened was we each kind of started writing our own stories. And as we were coming to where we would introduce a Hazel and a Hattie, we would just be like, Hey, does anybody else have a set of twins? Does anybody else have an ice cream stand? Does, you know, whatever. And just kind of, Oh no, you don't. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm adding these people to the town. Mm -hmm you know, we just have like this meet this master list of, of side characters. Cause I love that. Like the fact that like, you don't have to read them all. Like I read the first like chunk of them. Like I read mm -hmm. all of them. Cause I, I like to read things in order, but like, as I got farther in, I was like, Oh, I didn't, 
I don't have to read them in order if I don't need to. Right. Um, but I love the fact that there was like some overlap with everybody, but like there mm-hmm. wasn't so much that like it was daunting and you felt like there were too many characters. It's like you were really confused because it's just like little snippets here and there of like mm-hmm. these fun, like fanciful like characters that are like mm-hmm. in this town. Yep. Well, Lots of a- little pride between us authors to like, hey, I need to have so-and-so, you know, out doing whatever. Can she meet up with your character? And you sure your character's not going to be pregnant at that time? Can they Mm -hmm. go for drinks? (laughs) You know, things like that. But it's fun, fun, small town too. And I think that's what it's, I love it because it's one of those that I can visit like, oh, look, I have a day that I don't have a book I'm supposed to be reading for like podcast prep or whatever. I can walk (laughs) into, um, Mason Creek and pick one up and know that I'm going to get some fun small town antics and a really great story, like you said, with a guaranteed HEA. So um, I I really love this. I love so we're getting round two of that. Are there Mm -hmm. more round? Is there another round coming? Um, Not that we've discussed. Okay. Um, But round two is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the first book, what their first series was 12, and there will be a total of 31. So we're adding whatever that math is, another 20. A lot. 20 24. 19. That's yeah. a lot. So like it's like round two and round three, like together. I was gonna say, because I guess I was only <laughs> thinking round two was 24 books, but if it's or 12 books for a total of 24 in the series, but no, there'll be 31 and my book will be the last one. Perfect Scandal will be the last one in this round okay. in September. And that'll be Tessa's book. Yes. Okay. Tessa and Dean. So oh. if you remember who Dean is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm on this now. Okay. So uh, Perfect Chance is out now. You can find it on Kindle Unlimited. Um, yep. What is next? So right now I am deep into working on Aiden and Olivia's story. That is the second Coal Creek book, More Than a Memory, um, that will release um, on June 23rd. And the cover reveal is actually on the 31st, March 31st. So I am super excited to be able to share that because I've been sitting on that for a a while. Um, Because We're Made a Moments cover is beautiful like it's really good i stare at jesse quite often <laughs> i don't know i imagine aiden's just like grumpy like growly like bearded like lumberjacky type person though and i'm not disappointed in that at all like that's how i i imagine him he's gonna be such a grouch though because he is like an enigma he's in that family yeah he's what and he he's mad like he is not happy about the situation that he finds himself in. And we and have not he, met uh, Olivia yet, have we? Correct. But Olivia is the sheriff's sister and the sheriff is Aiden's best friend. I do like that. None of this makes me sad. Okay, so that'll be coming out June 23rd. You guys <laughs> just follow us on um follow us on Instagram because I'm sure Leah and I will be obsessing about it. It's <laughs> and we'll be sharing the cover and letting you guys know all, and all, the, the, all the good stuff, all the good things are coming. Um, Molly, thank you so much for joining us for uh, Indie Author Celebration for the month. Um, 
We love your stories and we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So we got a little tea on the upcoming book. We did. Just a little little bit of tea. tea. I'm I'm so excited for that. It's going to be so good because Aiden is like this, you're right. He's kind of like an enigma in the, in the book. And like, you don't really know like what he's about or what he's off doing. Yeah. I'm super excited. Me too. So June, June's shaping up to be a big month of releases. Just so we're all clear. These authors, all these stinking authors releasing so many good books in the same month. It's making our year-end episode really hard. It is so hard. Um, Okay, so good news. Good news, friends. We have a winner for the Romance Rumble. Okay, and let me preface this by saying, I apologize that our Romance Rumble was so long. Becky and I did not plan as good as we thought we did. No, but people really liked it. They really, really liked it. We had quite a few people vote, too. And we appreciate the fact that you guys liked it. And we are looking forward to doing it again next year. But I don't know. I think it'll be two parts next year. Two parts next year. Either two parts or just we'll (laughs) narrow it down. But I don't know if we can have Rachel back. Because she should have been a lawyer. Should have. Like she, oh man. She, so like you guys can't see it because we don't have video for these, but she had like a pad of like notes and like would check things off like as she was saying. Yeah. Okay, she well, this intense. is this is not going to make you happy then. So, in episode ninety-one of the podcast, in the final four. Oh, you didn't have in the final four? No, I tanked. So, episode ninety-one of the podcast was our Royal Rumble, and we battled out for the best of some of our favorite tropes from the community. So, all the tropes were community nominated and voted on. Um, Podcast contributors Heather, Carolina, and Rachel battled their favorites from each of these tropes against and with Leah. Um, Mm -hmm. It did feel like everybody against Leah. (laughs) It really did. And I didn't have enough time. And anytime I I was still talking, you told me time was up. And then you just got real upset at me. And I couldn't break the rules. But Carolina, she broke all the rules. She said they were guidelines. (laughs) I mean, they kind of are. But you were like... You were feisty about the times stuff. So at the end of the episode, we asked you, the listener, to vote for our winner in the final four. We we argued it down to four standing books. And we, we are pleased to announce that the winner of that final four was one for me by Corinne Michaels. It was presented by Rachel and was the overall winner. I am um, not surprised by this at all. She really sold this book. I don't even like it because it was the worst trope that we had to discuss that night. The worst, the dumbest trope we had to it's discuss. Not the that dumbest night. trope, but anyway. But it is a friends to lovers trope, which we all know that Becky like despises and gets real bent out of shape about it. But we're she not. She made me want to read that book. But if you did not get a chance to read or to listen to that entire episode, you can find the full list of presented books and the brackets on our website. And also, if it has not been updated, I did name one of my books incorrectly. So that's I will have to get a real win for me. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, this is like clearly how good I did. Like I even named a book wrong. I was in the right series. I had the right author. I just... We don't, we don't need to talk about that. Okay. So Becky, it's time. 
four book, book of, of the, the week. week. All right. What are you reading this week? Okay. Or what so was your book of the week? My book or of books. the week. Mine's a books. It's a trilogy, people. Um, so I finally picked up Stroke of Midnight by Kay Webster. It is so it was Stroke of Midnight, Prince Charming, and Glass Slipper. It is a trilogy that follows the same couple through all three books. Um, it is her Cinderella adaptation for the Midnight Dynasty by Dangerous Press. Book one in the series. Stroke of Midnight is currently free on all platforms, mm-hmm. so make sure you grab it. Um, it is a delightful, delightful, <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty age so gap dirty. romance. Mm-hmm. It does have a degradation kink, so please check degradation, con- not degradation, con- degradation, degradation, whatever. <laughs> She's a naughty girl, kink. So please mm, she check. She is more than a naughty girl. It's a bit dirty. If whore. you have not checked this, she is a dirty whore. But if you have not checked out the trilogy, it is it is delightful, as Becky said. Delightful. And, and all three books are available. Like you do, there's no, like if there's a there yeah. they have cliffhangers, but they are all available now, so you don't yeah. have to wait. Some people who read it as they were releasing had to wait some time. They did, and they were a little like salty about it but it was so good that i it was that i was not super salty so i read the beast of bishop landing which is also part of the midnight dynasty and that was the amelia wild amelia wild's beauty and the beast take within the series Mm -hmm. and in that one i found the hints to beauty and the beast to be a little like comical and not as subtle like it but was you still blatant. liked it though. I still liked those books. Highly recommend. I really like this Midnight Dynasty. Like totally mm-hmm. in it. I like the warring families, corporate versus kind of anti-hero. None of the heroes are like truly good guys. They all have a little oh, bit of no, a dark. Even side by too. the end, you're like, do I really like this guy? Like you like the couple together, but you're like, do I like the hero? Or is he is he still like not right. so good? So I will say in Kay Webster's the um the fan love to the cinderella characters was really well done and really funny and so subtle like you had to be looking for him you know yeah you did because honestly like when we were talking about the books the other day i was like i didn't catch a couple of the things that like you pointed out and i was like and i'm super excited because I think it's called The Reluctant Bride is the book. Mm-hmm. Is Perry uh Perry Constantine's story and he plays the role of the fairy godmother in The Cinderella. He's the brother yes. of the hero. And so I can't yes. wait and that's Monica Murphy. I adore Monica Murphy and her books. So mm-hmm. I will. It's going to be really good. I'm excited for that one too. Okay, what was your book, Leah? <laughs> okay, so I went back down my Cynthia Daniels and Sandy Alvarez rabbit hole with her Grey Wolf Corp series or Grey Wolf Core series. I don't know how you say that word, but anyway, so I read both Ransom and Lawson. They're not super long books, so I could I could jam them in pretty quickly. But and I'm really, really hoping we get a book three because I really need Gideon's book. It's a set of three best friends who own this, like, um, they catch bounties, like they're bounty hunters. 
but they do other things also like ransom from book one he is a bounty hunter but then he works on his family's ranch and then he owns property around the town and then lawson is a volunteer firefighter who's a little bit of a man whore but once he like oh once like he he has a moment with the heroine like they've kind of like they've met but she it makes sense like the way it plays out because she's new to town um she's kind of standoffish because of her life situation but like they have this little moment and like and he reforms and like is all in and it is it is hot like when they first like when it pops hello it pops very nicely but they are interconnected standalones um and it actually interconnects with like their other series as well because like the best friend in book two is actually the sibling of one of her motorcycle guys but like you don't have to read all of the books but like i like how there's like little connections with everybody Um, okay but they work they work extremely well as standalones though. So you do not have to read them in order. You do not have to read them like together, but you can find them in KU. So if you have not read these two, they're very good. Are you going to message the authors and ask them if you're going to get a book three? I'm, I might. (laughs) Okay. Um, so I wasn't going to, but now I definitely think I should. Did you know that Buzzing About Romance is a 100% indie podcast? The only way we are able to bring you episodes that we do is because of our amazing Patreon community. If you are part of our cold brew tier, you should be receiving your reading journal um, designed by me that helps you. F- it's not really designed by me. I'm going to be really honest. It's My the husband. does it? Yeah. Oh. I'm not talented enough to do it. Um, that will help you follow along with your reading as well as the current challenges we have running. But we don't have a challenge in April, really. Maybe. I don't know. Right now we don't have one planned. <laughs> Maybe we will. Um, but Becky was left unsupervised the other day, so anything is possible. Yeah, that's why I read three books in 36 hours. Shh, that's nothing. Right. Okay. Okay, so another way to support the podcast is by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. You can find it right on our webpage. If you are thinking of joining Kindle Limited or Audible, we have a special code for that also. But each time you sign up for these through our affiliate link, we get a percentage back from Amazon. And it's a super easy way to support the podcast. You just go to our website, click on the link, and then buy your normal Amazon purchases. So we, as a so the podcast is put on by our website, Bookcase and Coffee. And as the Bookcase and Coffee website, we have decided to open up review requests. Um, so if you are an author listening to the podcast, we've opened up a form on our website where you can submit a request for one of the Bookcase and Coffee bloggers to review a book for you. It can be an older release or it can be an upcoming release. You can find details on how our selection process works and all the things that are a part of that at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash review requests. If you are a listener and you would like us to read a book or you think that there is an author that we are not talking about that you think we should be reading, for those, just send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com so that we can add them to our TBR 
And you never know when they might show up on a quick shot of romance. Because mm-hmm. Becky and I are always looking for new to us authors because um, we love finding new to us authors and then sharing them with you. And if you listen to us, you know that Becky found multiples over the summer. I did actually, that's why I picked up Molly mm-hmm. because I think our March prompt in last year's challenge was read a new to you author. I think it might've been. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to try this lady. And then, you know, and then you fell in love and now I'm in love anyway. Okay. Um, want to know all the things happening in the buzzing about romance community. Um, if you do make sure you sign up for our newsletter, you can find a link to sign up on our website the best, this is the best way to track all of the upcoming events. We have been doing it twice a month again. Um, and it's typically on Fridays, depending on my life schedule. And if I can get it out on a Friday, sometimes it's a Sunday. So just be warned. It is usually every other Friday. Um, but we use it as a way to feature our amazing community men- members. And also, also we are doing author highlights as well. And we um, pay attention to the entire website or the entire newsletter, because we do have options for book money. So yep. if you would like to win some book money, you have to read to find it. Yep. It is hidden. Leah is all sneaky and hidden in there. It's not hidden. You just have to yeah, just put it in different places. Every time I send a newsletter, so you actually have to read through it because there's a prompt too. like, there is something you have to do in order to be entered for the book money. So, um, so we have drunk book club coming I can say the words. Words are getting hard. And I, I'm only drinking water. It's just no, but it's getting late. It's a so, long day. Drunk Book Club, which is the highlight of our month. The highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The next Drunk Book Club is April the 9th. We are reading Igniting Ivy by Samantha Christie. And excitingly, Samantha will be joining us for the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so, very excited about this. I am a little scared for her because, I mean, we're a lot. She seems like a nice, delightful person who might be a littler on the more, like, sophisticated, quieter side. Mm, that's okay. Okay. We can behave, right? Anyways, anyway, If you're interested fine. in joining us and you, uh, you can find more details at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash drunkbookclub, all one word. Um... Or send us an email, send us a DM, let us know you're interested. We are always happy to let you try it out one time before you join us on a regular basis. What are we talking about next time, Leah? So next time we are, so as we already said, every weekend or every episode in April, we are interviewing a 100% indie author for Indie Author Month. And next up, we are interviewing Karen Gray, and we are going to talk about being an indie author and also her transition from book narrator to author. She also writes recent historical romance. So we'll ask her exactly what that means. All of her romances take place in the nineties. I do like the nineties. I love the nineties and her books all have like nineties song titles. I mean, I like that too. So Anyway, uh, if you are on uh, in our Discord, I posted she has a book right now that it was free. So, and I posted it mm-hmm. in our Discord under book deals. So, anyway, yeah. anyway, thank you, thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time, happy reading, everybody.
Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 